Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Wrestling from the Crowd. My name is Ray, and today I have something that I should have watched a while ago. Uh, but I just recently watched All Out, and I have tons and tons of things to talk about. Um, so let's start with the buy-in. Uh, the buy-in is basically how AEW starts. It's basically their kickoff show. Um, we've seen like little promos from the entrance of the Battle Royale uh, participants. You know them. You know this is my time. This is my claim. You know stuff like that. Um, so that that was just their little start off. They also had two two little two little matches. Um, they had Janela versus uh, Serpentico with Luther. They also mentioned that uh, Serpentico is in a, a group with uh, Luther called Chaos Project, and, and and to me, Luther is is a hardcore wrestler. He's he's a deathmatch legend, but I don't see him in a tag team. I don't see him wrestling like regular matches. Maybe I, I haven't seen enough of him to really judge him, but I, I I don't look forward to seeing any tag team matches with them. They'll probably be a dark gimmick or something. Um, but this this match was pretty solid. Uh, Serpentico was pretty good. I've never really watched Serpentico like that, but he was pretty good. The match was longer than I expected. I thought it was going to be a just a little match, you know, uh, little moves here and there, but um, it was longer than I expected. Uh, Janela looked really great. He had like a like a chip on his shoulder, like he had something to prove. I guess the the loss for Chris Jericho really affected him or his character. I guess so. They're like, hey, need to be a little more aggressive. So. That's what we've seen in him. Uh, the match ended with Janela hitting an elbow off the top rope. Uh, should that be Janela's finish? Uh, don't think so. But, I mean, I guess that's what he wants. It, it's, like, it's just better for him. But to, to me, an elbow drop for Joey Janela uh, doesn't really fit him. Um, after that, we've seen John Silver and Alex Reynolds versus Private Party. Um, Silver is, is probably the highlight of the Dark Order. And I know a lot of people think the same thing. Dark Order has probably been the the best gimmick right now. They're even popular on BTE, but John Silver is like up there. Uh, he's funny. He, he's a small, short, stocky guy, but he's hilarious. Um, they had a really good match with Private Party. I didn't think they were really gonna have like such a good match. Um, Silver had like a flurry like mid match where he did like a running knee into some spinning backdrop that looked really good. Um, there was tons of near falls, uh, a lot of big, a lot of big moves to all that should finish the match that didn't. Um, also, the Dark Order. I thought they were gonna win this match. I, I thought the, the 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 heat, not the heat, but the momentum Dark Order has was gonna propel them to actually win this match. At least Alex Reynolds and John Silver, because I don't think they barely they barely win matches as a tag team. I think they have like two wins as a trio. And that's what fives, I think, or Mr. Brody Lee. I'm not sure about that. Um, also, something that was also interesting to me uh, that Excalibur pointed out was that Private Party has been in the tag team rankings, like number five in the tag team rankings for a while, but can't crack the seal to get into the top tier teams. And and I, I think that's not ultimately their fault. Um, Private Party is a talented team. Um, I believe that they can be uh, tag team champions in AEW. Um, but right now, AEW's tag team division is probably the best tag division right now in the professional wrestling world. They have many, many talented teams. 
But Private Party can definitely be um, a champion. I'm sure sooner or later they'll crack that seal. Uh, we, we can't forget that they eliminated the Bucks from the tag team tournament in the first round. So that was like their big upset. That was like their moment as a tag team in AEW. Uh, so I, I hope that I see them crack that that top three and uh, hopefully be number one contenders and I can see them on the pay-per-view or something. Uh, but Private Party picked up the win uh, due to Gin and Juice, probably the, the, the like the greatest name for a finisher or a tag team finisher. Um, it's basically a Hurricanrana into a standing cutter. I'm pretty sure I explained it last podcast, but uh, who, who, who cares? Um, so... That's that's the end of the buy-in. The buy-in was short. Just a little introduction. Now we get to the big stuff. We we had at the start of the show, Britt Baker versus Big Swole in a tooth and nail match. Uh, my my personal opinion, this was not the match to start the show. Um, it, it was cinematic. It was jokey. It, it showed no no like talent for these women and i'm sure th- these are talented women i've watched Britt baker for a while i've seen big swole matches these women can wrestle so why not put this this match in a ring this rivalry has been brewing for months since uh brit baker's injury well her fake injury to her knee but i believe her nose was really injured that was the injured part um you know it was it was just uh her running around her own office, like trying to run from Big Swole, and Big Swole's just chasing her, while while Reba is is just trying to intervene on everything. And mind you, Reba is a wrestler. For all of you who don't know, Reba wrestles. She's been a champion in various promotions. So why they got her looking like she can't wrestle or even pull off a move is is kind of upsetting because it just like it demeans her character as as a wrestler. So I, I feel like. The, that play on her isn't isn't really that good. Um, we also seen like um, they were using needles and hitting each other with frames and Novocaine. We also seen Britt Baker do like a a, a creep horror movie walk in when Big Swole was looking for her. It, it was almost as if it was a joke match. It wasn't a serious match. Um, so uh, to me, this wasn't the start that I would have wanted in. Uh, a beginning of my pay-per-view but that's just my personal opinion the match ended with uh big swole putting novocaine to Britt baker and Britt baker passed out for two seconds uh i don't think novocaine passes you out for two seconds but it did for Britt baker um so i i i just wasn't a fan of this match at all i felt like it should if you were building up this rivalry it should have been inside of a ring. I would have preferred it inside of a ring. If it was bad inside of a ring, then it was bad inside of a ring. But the cinematic, I'm going to chase you through a dentist type match, I just wasn't a fan of. Um, yeah, but that that's pretty much on, on that match. Uh, the next match was the Young Bucks versus the Jurassic Express. We all know the Jurassic Express and Young Bucks earned this match for winning their tag match against SCU and Private Party. Um... Early in the match was was a stalemate between Jungle Boy and Nick Jackson. They were going move for move, counter for counter, um, which is usually how the Bucks start start their matches when they face teams as uh, equal stature of them. Um, but after after what made it interesting was after the stalemate, uh, Jungle Boy extended his hand to Nick Jackson, and and Nick Jackson just smacked it away. So right there, you can instantly tell that they're they're playing off that aggression. They're still upset. That hangman page cost them that that opportunity. 
So I guess that's going to be their thing for now. Um, so that anger is going to play a big part. Um, uh, it was a good match. During the match, there was a botched suplex like on the outside of the ring. So Jungle Boy was trying to pull Matt Jackson over. I believe Matt Jackson tried to suplex him out the ring. He was able to get Jungle Boy over the rope, but wasn't able to get himself. So Jungle Boy was just hanging from, from Matt Jackson's neck while pulling. Um, I guess he realized that you know he couldn't get him over, and he was just tugging on his neck, so he just like instantly let him go. Um, so which is which is a good ring awareness because he could have really hurt him the way he fell over. Uh, so that's really good awareness from Jungle Boy. Marco Stunt uh, was was also a, a distracting factor in this match. Uh, with his hurt leg kept kept uh, poking at the Bucks. The Bucks is they're not having anything. Um, uh, he got super kicked, and I, when I tell you super kicked, he got super kicked by Matt Jackson. Uh, the announcers was like, "You'll never see them do that," but the way they are now, so that that's basically they're they're making sure they're building up that anger. Um, uh, we also talked about that that Luchasaurus Nick Jackson hot tag. Well, we've seen some Luchasaurus hot tag today, and um, it, it it was fantastic. Uh, Luchasaurus for for a big guy, that guy can move. That guy's doing backflips and shooting star presses and all this other stuff. Um, throughout the match, there was there was near falls. There was a couple exciting tag moves. Um, we also seen the the young bucks use the BTE trigger, and and it, it it dawned on me like this move has has been done plenty of times. It's the golden trigger for the golden lovers in Kota Ibushi and Kenny Omega, or the Kamagoye for just Ibushi. So I don't know if that's like their main, that's going to be their main thing, or are they not doing Meltzer Driver anymore, or are they going to move away from Meltzer Driver and just go towards that BTE trigger? Um, uh, speaking of the BTE trigger, that's how they got the victory. They they didn't get the victory doing the Meltzer Driver. Uh, they they got it using that BTE. So I guess I guess that's what they're going to try to use moving forward, but if, if that's what they want to do, I guess... But I, I prefer the Meltzer driver or the Indie Taker, whatever you want to call it. So I guess this match is going to propel Young Bucks to, I guess, move closer to getting those tag team titles because they're a fairly they're a fairly a uh, good team. They haven't really been beaten that much. Um, we've seen them beat a lot of guys like Best Friends, you know, the Dark Order, Private Party, um, the Lucha Brothers, stuff like that. Uh, the only team we haven't really seen them face is FTR. I think we're going to get that eventually for the tag titles if FTR wins. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing that match because that's been brewing for, for years. Um, they used to poke at each other all the time. Uh, there was even the FTR gimmick. We all know what that stands for if you watch BTE. Uh, yeah, but that's that on that match. Uh, after that match was the Casino Battle Royale for... Uh, the AEW World Championship uh, uh, number one contender. Uh, the first group was Trent, Christopher Daniels, Jake Hager, The Blade, and Ray Phoenix. Uh, they fought for a while. I was surprised that uh, Ray Phoenix and Blade were in the same group, but I guess you know since they're all in one little faction, I don't know if they're a faction. Um, but they they did their three minutes of fighting. Um, the second group was Kaz, Will Hobbs. Chucky e. T and Santana and Ortiz, who Santana and Ortiz instantly jumped Chucky e. T before he can even reach the ring. So that rivalry is still fresh. 
and uh, it, it's exciting to watch because they're not they're not like here to talk. They're not like, oh yeah, we can beat you now. Nah, they're just fighting, and and that's what I like about this rivalry. Uh, Will Hobbs is somebody we usually see on AW Dark. Uh, really big dude, really agile wrestler. Um, so it was pretty good to see some some dark faces um, who wrestle for AW Dark onto the show, which is pretty good. Um, we also had uh, oh. Oh, Hobbs, oh, back to Hobbs. As soon as he got in that match, he got some quick eliminations. I think he got around two. I think he eliminated Daniels, and I don't know who else he eliminated. But he eliminated uh, uh, a lot of people quickly, which is pretty good for him. Because like I said, his AEW Dark uh, matches, you know, they'd be good. But like I said, AEW Dark is just for, plat- is a platformer. Uh, but he got his shine tonight, and that- that's really good that Dark is paying off for him. Um, the third group was Billy Gunn, Pentagon Jr., Ricky Starks, and Brian Cage, and Darby Allen. Excuse me. Um, we seen Cage immediately as soon as he gets to the ring with, with Ricky Starks. He eliminates Billy Gunn. I don't even think Billy Gunn was in the match for ten seconds, and he instantly eliminated him. And and then Billy just walked off. Like, all right, I, I guess I lost. Um, so that was pretty interesting to see. I thought we were going to see like a clash between you know, there's a lot of big guys in this battle royal. Um, we also seen Darby Allen go straight for Ricky Starks and Brian Cage. You know they had their issues over the past couple weeks, um, so that's that's still fresh. We're we're gonna get either an FTW like championship match between Allen and Cage, or we're gonna get some kind of like street fight, some some death defying match for Darby Allen versus Starks. Um, Darby also eliminated Ray Phoenix in that match. Uh, that was pretty interesting. I thought Ray Phoenix was gonna last till about the end, but I, I know I, I'm just a predictor. Um, the the fourth group, the uh, the last group before the uh, mystery entrance was Sean Spears, Eddie Kingston, The Butcher, Sonny Kiss, and Archer. Um, I think the highlight from this group was Sonny Kiss. Um, she came, he came in the match and instantly eliminated Hager. I don't think it was as soon as he got in, but he eliminated him, which is pretty big. Uh, why they chose Sonny Kiss to eliminate Hager? Don't know, but it, it was—I guess it was a good thing for uh, Sonny Kiss. I didn't think Hager. I thought Hager was gonna win it. I didn't know um, if he was gonna be eliminated early. I thought he would win. Um, also, let's see what else we have here. Oh, our mystery entrant. Let's 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 talk about this one. Matt Seidel, finally all elite. He is in all elite wrestling. For those who don't know Matt Seidel, he was in WWE as Evan Bourne. Um, he's now in AEW as Matt Seidel. He's been Matt Seidel for a while in the independent circuit. He's he's still a really big name, uh, which is, I guess, why AEW signed him. Uh, but we see Matt Seidel instantly hit someone and run to the ropes for his signature shooting star press. Or airborne, as uh, he used to call it, I guess. And he missed it. He slipped and fell right off the rope. Now, yes, it is considered a botch, but you gotta think about how many how many guys are in that ring sweating on those ropes. So he went up to that rope, already all the energy in the world, and as soon as he tried to tuck backwards, he instantly fell on his on his back. And yet. That's not his fault, but that that's just the business. Um, 
just just to tie it in, AJ Styles back in the independent circuit when he was in Bullet Club and tagging with the Bucks did the same thing. Uh, AJ Styles always goes for his springboard his springboard elbow. During that match, he slipped and he fell. And the gimmick from there was, I'm afraid of these ropes, but I'm going to try it. And every time he tried it, he was scared, so he didn't do it. Until I think like a couple weeks later, he gave it another try and he hit it. So, it's, it's I'm not saying they have to play off that little gimmick, but they could tease it. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, he messed up. Maybe he doesn't really want to do it right now. Maybe he's not ready to show everybody that he can do it. Or he could just do it. But I, I wouldn't consider it as a huge botch. It's a, a, a regular uh, mishappen that happens. Uh, people slip all the time from those ropes. I'm sure they do rope checks before the matches start. So I'm sure Evan Bourne went in there with all the confidence, not you know thinking that a bunch of guys were going to sweat on the on the ropes. Um, but it's good to see him there. Uh, you know he recovered quickly. He had his little flurry of moves, his little standing knee strikes. Um, he he showed out. Was it the debut he w- should have had? Um, no. Was it the debut he wanted? Probably not. He, maybe he really wanted to hit that shooting star. So uh, I hope to see him and what he does uh, for the company um, as a wrestler. Uh, I hope to see some of his matches. Uh, also, Brian Cage for a big guy, he he can move, and, and it's so it's so amazing to watch like how good that guy moves. Like this guy's doing against Seguris and 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 back kicks and. He's doing all these uh, athletic things that a cruiserweight should be doing. A guy of his stature shouldn't be able to do that, but he does. So that that's that that's pretty impressive to me. Um, he he caught a double elimination. Um, uh, let's see. Yeah, he caught a double elimination. He also accidentally hit Ricky Starks trying to hit Darby Allen. Darby Allen seen that and capitalized and threw Ricky out. Which ended up Ricky dragging Darby out the ring to beat him up. Which introduced the body bag into the ring. And that body bag wasn't just a body bag. It was a body bag filled with thumbtacks. So Brian Cage is shoving Darby Allen in there. And I'm sure that hurts because thumbtacks while you're laying down in there, that hurts. And Cage just lifts him up and just drops him on the, on the ramp. No protection. He's not able to grab himself. No nothing. And you can tell he was hurt. Like if, like if he had went a little further, he would have hit his head on the steps. And there was nothing he can do about it. So that was a that was a pretty uh risky spot there. But I guess it all paid out for like the the wow factor, the oh my god factor. Um, we've seen Archer eliminate Hobbs and Cage to win the match. We're gonna see Archer battle whoever wins. Uh, tonight for the championship uh, it's going to be either MJF or Moxley who goes on to fight Archer but um, I, I hope I hope that we we see Archer as champion soon, sooner than later. Archer was a good champion he was an IWGP champion also I think an IWGP heavyweight tag champion with Davey Boy Smith and the Killer Elite Squad so he's held his fair share of belts and had some really good matches including with Jeff Cobb and uh, Brian Cage and guys like that. He's also wrestled Moxley before, so that's pretty good. Uh, the next match, big match, was probably the talk of the night. Um, from what I've seen, was Hardy versus Guevara, and 
it was a broken rules match. So this match started off not in the ring, not in the parking lot. It started off in the Jaguar Stadium. So uh, I'm like, okay, is this like a stadium stampede feel? No, it wasn't. But we've seen Sammy Guevara come with that golf cart. He's been hit with so many times. And all you see is chase down Matt Hardy with the cart. Now, now I don't know how Matt Hardy got away. Now, I know it's wrestling, but you know, Matt Hardy wasn't moving that fast. But Sammy ends up crashing, and uh, you know that causes him and Hardy to fight. They they end up fighting. Uh, Guevara takes a DDT on top of like a lunch table, a metal lunch table. It looked good. It looked like a like he sold that really well. They ended up going to like this lift and going up to the top. I think the spot was for Matt to you know throw him off, but you know Sammy reversed it, and then ended up being like a not like a eh, kind of like a leg sweep, like a Russian leg sweep off the off the crane onto the table. But the table was a little too forward. So when they impacted, Matt Hardy hit the concrete more than the table. And you can tell he was instantly out. He he was gone. And I thought they were going to stop the match. And, like, it was just going to be over from there. And, like, they're going to be like, hey, Matt Hardy's done right now. He can't compete. Um, but he he's, like, he's still trying to fight. He's like, where's Sammy? Where's Sammy? Uh, now this is this is where I just want to touch on like the referee. Aubrey Edwards did a fantastic job as a referee. It was not she played everything perfectly. She stopped the match. She gave the X. She gave the signal. She instantly knew Hardy was hurt. You can tell, but it wasn't her. It was Hardy who kept fighting, and then she noticed as Hardy was throwing his punches, he he couldn't find his bearings. Hardy was still out on his feet. And that's when Aubrey Edwards was like, no, that's, we got to stop this. So the, the, the doctor came back there and, and the match was done. The doctor called it off. He said, it's over. It's done. So what, what people are saying like, oh, you know, a, shame on AEW for not taking care of their wrestlers. No, I think they did a phenomenal job of taking care of them. I think at that point it was Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy said, hey, listen, I'm a veteran in this industry. I've been hurt many times. I'm sure I can keep going. Like, give me a second. So I think by Aubrey Edwards, I think that she did a fantastic job of refereeing that match. Um, we've seen Hardy just walk off. You know, the match was over. We all, the commentators are like, it's over. You know, Sammy wins, blah, blah, blah. We see Hardy just walk into the walk into the arena. He's walking. He's stumbling. And as soon as him and Sammy gain contact with each other, they fight again. They're fighting. And I'm like, is this match over? Is it not? And apparently it's not. It's still going. So you got an injured Matt Hardy, who's who's pretty much still out on his feet, fighting Sammy Guevara, who's fresh. Um, I guess I guess the plan was to jump straight to the finish, because that's what happened. Um, they walked straight to the, 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 the tower. They climbed it. Matt Hardy punched him off. He fell off the tower into the little contraption they had at the bottom, and the match was over. That that was probably the quickest match of the night. Um, I think I think they jumped to the ending just for safety reasons because of Matt's injury. Uh, but I guess they wanted to protect Matt's career as well because his career was on the line, and I guess they didn't want him to go out like that. Uh, so uh, kudos to kudos to Matt for fighting through that. Um, it looked like it hurt. Uh, so, you know, Matt Hardy was the winner of that match. 
But I don't know if we'll see a rematch in the future. Maybe they'll do something else. Uh, maybe maybe make another match. Uh, I'm sure Full Gear's coming up, so maybe they'll have another match. Uh, I don't think this one was the one that defined that feud. So um, that that's that for that match. Um, we've seen... Uh, let's see. We've seen Thunder Rosa versus Hikaru Shida. Uh, I want to I wanna say something about women's titles. Um, and this is just solely my opinion. I feel like women's titles look like toys. I don't know why they're so small like that. Like, I understand, like, there's some women with small statures. But I, I, I feel like uh, a women's title, like, you could have it a medium size. I remember when Nyla Rose had it, and I seen her hold it, and I never seen it around her waist, and I was like, these these titles for women look like kids. We can't just like upgrade just a little bit, a little medium size, bigger plates. We we you know if we really want the women's division to shine, you got to make everything shine. You can't have a, a a fantastic women's division but a a small title. I think that's what like makes a title, you know. The, the pizzazz, the wow factor of a title. You know what I'm saying? And the, the AEW Women's title doesn't really give me that feel. Thunder Rosa's NWA title is okay. It's not any better, but it's it's okay. I just hope, like, they say, hey, like, we got to update the, the women's titles. I'm not saying give me a big, bulky title like Raw and SmackDown, but, like, give, give, give it some depth. You know, make it pop. I, I want to see a woman's title. You know, not women's toy you know, women's toy championships. Um, but to the match, uh, good start. Uh, Hikaru Shida and Thunder Rosa, you could tell they had great chemistry. Um, uh, they, they were going back and forth. They were doing their stalemates, you know, dual drop kicks, uh, stuff like that, you know, hold for hold. Um, so that, that, that was the start. Uh, I feel like Thunder Rosa dominated this match from, from my standpoint. Uh, Hikaru Shida, she's an excellent striker. You know, she she has an excellent wrestling game. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. He has an, she has an excellent wrestling game. But Thunder Rosa was just like... I think she was the focal point of this match. Like, she was dominating Hikaru Shida. Yeah, Hikaru Shida had her moments, but I feel like Thunder Rosa had more moments um, in this match to showcase her skill. Uh, I potentially see uh, a collaboration between um, NWA and, um, you know, All Elite Wrestling. Um, we'll talk about that after the match because I, I do have some points on that. But we met. We Excalibur mentioned that Thunder Rosa is a double champion, and I didn't know that. I, I was like, "What are you? What are you talking about?" Um, she's the NWA Women's Champion, and she's apparently the Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling International Princess Champion, and she's held that for 247 days plus. I didn't know what that was. I'm like, "What is this championship?" And I, I looked it up, and it's an all women's wrestling promotion in Japan. So she she's apparently uh, two belts, you know, Thunder Rosa, two, two belts. Uh, if she would have had a third one, then I, I, I don't know. Um, but there was a, a tease by uh, Hikaru Shida and Thunder Rosa as like a spot. It was like an oh my god moment where uh, Thunder Rosa and Shida were battling to see who could drop each other <clears throat> from the top rope from a suplex. And now if they suplex each other onto that uh, ramp. That, that would have been pretty dangerous um, because we already seen uh, Darby Allen almost like get hurt from that. But 
We've seen Thunder Rosa reverse it and give a Death Valley driver onto the apron, which is the hardest part of the ring. So I guess it was better than them hurting themselves. Um, but later in the match, uh, Sheeta lands a meteor on the ramp. And, and Thunder Rosa, as I talked about, almost hits her head. The, the, to the point where they replayed it like three times just to make sure she did it, but she almost did. Uh, so that 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 entrance, I don't know if they should just keep that step there, or just take it out because if they're gonna do outside spots, why well, have that step there? You know, that's just a danger to the wrestlers. Um, but uh, Sheeta, uh, you know, she comes back, makes a comeback after Thunder Rosa's, you know, Thunder Rosa's flurry, Thunder Rosa's hitting her finishing moves, uh, but Sheeta hits the Falcon Arrow on Thunder Rosa. And then uh, she she pins Rosa, but Thunder Rosa kicks out at one. Like she didn't just fight almost a twenty five minute match. Um, it, it's it's crazy how how good this match was. Uh, it's just a showcase of two different styles, and it worked. Um, you know, Sheeta picked up the win via Shining Wizard, so we see Sheeta keep the title, but. Is it the last time we've seen Thunder Rosa? <clears throat> Is it the last time we've seen any NWA superstar? Um, they have a, a lot of talented uh, people over there. So, you know, they have like Ken Anderson. They have Nick Aldis, who we've seen before. Who he's lost the championship to Cody. Uh, I can't remember when, but it was at a pay-per-view. So we, we could potentially see an NWA AEW cross-up one day. Just like uh, ROH and New Japan's War of the Worlds. So I, I hope to see that one day, and it, it was—it's what you can ask for. Two good wrestling promotions, and that's you know that's best for business because obviously New Japan I don't think is going to partner with AEW. Um, but all around that was a good match. I really enjoyed it. Hopefully we see Thunder Rosa again. Hikaru Shida, who's next for her? Don't know. Could be Nyla Rose. Could be Big Swole. Could be Abaddon. Uh, I. Look to look forward to seeing that in the future. Um, cutting backstage, we had Kip Sabian cut a backstage promo. Kip Sabian again with the crop top. That he's he's rocking the crop top and he's sticking with it. Um, he announces that uh, this week on Dynamite he's having a wedding. How many weddings have we seen before on on wrestling promotions or on live television? Uh, we, we we've seen a lot of them. So we, we, we've seen Kane, Lita, we've seen, I think it was Tess and Stephanie. We've seen a bunch. We, we've seen even live sex celebrations with Lita and Edge. Uh, we also seen on Impact, um, it was Brandon Shutterland, uh, The Blade, um, uh, which I, f I forgot who he's going to marry. I, I don't know. But I remember it was the Alley gimmick then. Um, but we've seen a, a couple of of wedding so this is we already know this is going to turn out it's probably not going to be a real wedding it's probably going to be messed up by somebody but he also announces that he's going to have a mystery best man i don't think it's jimmy havoc for all those who think it's jimmy havoc i, I don't know who it is could it be jimmy havoc did they, did they sign him back i mean i don't i don't think so but i i guess that leaves like a hmm i wonder who it's gonna be so uh we can look forward to that aw took a huge shot at WWE today. Uh, for those of you who don't know, WWE announced that they are stopping all third-party uh, things with their superstars, which means they don't want their superstars doing Twitch, YouTube, stuff like that, because apparently WWE owns those names. 
Um, so Kip Sabian holds out his uh, his Twitch his Twitch banner. He's like, follow me on Twitch. He snaps his fingers, and then it says, this message has been approved by AEW. And he says, W. And that's it. They, they, they took their shots, and it, it was funny. The, the crowd, the, the 10% of people reacted to it, and they knew, which is what made it good. Uh, after that, we've seen the Dark Order uh, versus Matt Cardona, Scorpio Sky, Dustin Rhodes, and QT Marshall. Uh, the match is, it was just based off revenge. It was for Cody. Uh, it was just like, hey, Cody got Cody got beat up by a Dark Order. Let's 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 do this. Um, so the match starts off in a brawl. No one no one even like stays in the ring. It just starts off in a brawl. The what I, what I noticed about it was, uh, Brody Lee made John Silver stand in a corner holding his title as he was presenting it. So Silver is holding the title the whole match, just like as he's presenting the title. So it's so funny that he actually did that. Uh, that's pretty clever. Um, also, you know, we've seen a lot of good, a lot of good moments. We all know Dustin, uh, fifty-one years of age, still moving like he's in his late twenties, um, which is good to see. You know, he he's still doing what he does. You've um, seen Scorpio Sky, uh, Scorpio Sky, the the guy who was built up on Dark, like hey. I'm the single wrestler now. I'm not going to be tag teaming. Yes, I'm still SCU, but I won't be tagging with Kaz. They'll go back to Christopher Daniels. They built him up. He fought he fought Cody and then he went right back down. I don't I don't understand what was the point. They should have just kept him up. Now he's out here doing tag matches against the Dark Order. Is he going to go back on a singles run? Is 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 he going to go back to, you know, being Scorpio Sky by himself? Uh, I, I, I hope so, because Scorpio Sky by himself was pretty good. I thought he was going in the right direction. I, I believe he's a singles wrestler, not a tag wrestler. He could be a tag wrestler, but he's more of a singles. Um, so I hope they go back to building him up instead of bringing him back down. Uh, we've seen a lot of exchanges in this match, a lot of tags. Um, a lot of tag moves from the Dark Order. Uh, Stu Grayson and Evil Uno, uh, really good, really great tag team. Really great tag team. You could tell they've been working on their chemistry with like uh, Colt Cabana and Brody Lee, uh, so that was really interesting to watch. Uh, the Matt Cardona, I believe this is his second match um, ever in AEW. He looked really good, really good. Looked looked better than he did at WWE. He's a lot more jacked than Tan, I tell you that. But he he's a lot better than I thought he was in WWE. He also did like. Uh, I remember back in WWE, he also, he called it like the 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 woo boot, the broski boot, something like that, where he sits his opponent in the corner and does the woo woo woo. I thought he was gonna do that. I was like, please don't do that, please don't do that. But he did it, so I'm glad he's like away from like the woo 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 business. Um, we also seen uh, Anna J come out and distract uh, Scorpio Sky, which led to her taking a boot to the face by Brandy. We all know Brandy owes her some payback. Um, I don't think they fought for that long because Stu Grayson, um, I guess, intervened. You could see him carrying Anna Jay, uh, which is a moment I just like want to talk about for a second. Um, Jr. said something that apparently sparked a lot of like controversy. He he said I I think she had a wardrobe malfunction because if she didn't, I wish she would. Something like that. Don't want to play on words, um, and a lot of people are taking offense to it. Yeah, it's derogatory to our woman nowadays. But you got to remember, that man is coming from the Attitude Era. 
Back then, Jerry the King Lawler was screaming puppies, and they were having bro and panties matches every 30 seconds. Yeah, like I said, it's wrong, you know, because now they now in wrestling, we're not playing off that. Women's wrestlers are women wrestlers. So they're not trying to play the bro and panties, the, you know, the seductive, you know. So I understand the frustration, but it's been done before. You know what I'm saying? It, it's been done, and I'm sure people hated it back then, but... He apologized for it, and I respect him for apologizing for it. And we could just move forward. You know what I'm saying? It's, it, that, that, that's it. I don't think it should be on. Uh, I seen like he should go to sensitivity training, like Guevara. I mean, if they choose to go that route, then they choose to go that route. I guess they want to initiate some punishment, but I don't know if he'll be punished for it. He he said his apology. Uh, he wrote it on Twitter, and he was like, "Just get over it." Um, but yeah, so that that that's just a side note for that. Uh, incident we um we seen Dustin get the hot tag from uh, QT Marshall not really a hot tag but uh, he was thrown in the corner by Brody Lee because Brody Lee had destroyed Marshall um we seen Dustin get the tag and he instantly fought Brody instantly fought him uh Brody tried to go for a finishing move Dustin reversed it ran to the ropes but ran right into a vicious discus clothesline now let me tell you that that discus the way he throws his body into it looks like it hurts. It sounds like it hurts. Uh, we've seen Brody tag Colt Cabana so that way he can pick up the victory. But Colt Cabana, I guess, got greedy and went up to the top rope to do his, his I think it's Chicago Skylines. I think that's what it's called. And he missed it. And Dustin just rolls him up and, and steals the victory. And, and I thought the Dark Order was going to win this. Um, but I guess... I guess this is their way of like shifting Cabana out the dark order, because uh, he he doesn't look like he belongs there. Like he's out of place. He's just this jolly old happy guy who doesn't know what's going on, you know. But I think this is their way of like shifting him out. And why I say this is because after the match, Brody's like, "What are you doing? I I gave you the match. I gave it to you." And and Cabana's like, "It's my fault. I'm sorry. It's my fault." And Brody and the Dark Order just leave him there. But Evo Uno, as Excalibur mentioned, has been through that stuff. So he's like, he offers Cabana a helping hand and helps him out the ring. So will, will we see Cabana still in the Dark Order? I I, I hope I hope so. I want to see where that character goes. I want to see uh, like heel Colt Cabana in the Dark Order. I think I think he could fit if he really tries. But if he wants to stay his same jokey character, then that's okay with me as well. Um, Backstage, Dustin had like an interview. You know, he's going on five decades. He's been doing this for a long time. Uh, Tony Khan tells him that... I mean, Tony Khan. Yeah, Tony Khan tells Tony Schiavone that Dustin gets a TNT uh, championship match this week on Dynamite. Uh, we know he's not going to win it. I, I mean, I don't think he is. Uh, Brody's, Brody's hot right now. I don't think they're going to take that belt off him. Uh, but he gets a chance, and he said it. He's like, it's been a long time since I finally got to put some gold around my waist. So... I think that's a it's a it's a redemption match. So I'm pretty sure they're gonna put on a good match. I have no doubts about that match at all. Um, so moving on, um, Omega and Hangman versus FTR for the tag team championships. We've seen a new attire from Hangman. No 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 longer the the short the little uh, underwear. He he's wearing full full grown tights with like tassels on the side, uh, almost like a like a Juice Robinson like type tights, but they were black. Uh, so you can't really notice them. Uh, a, a funny thing that I, I caught, and which I always catch when I watch uh, Dynamite, 
is Hangman's graphic with his name. Uh, this time it said, I don't care what this says anymore. So I, I wonder, does, does Hangman read these things and be like, hey, put this next time? Uh, I, I want to know how that works because that's pretty funny. Um, also, the announcers mentioned before the match started that FTR's contract, for those who don't know, has a tag rope clause, which means uh, back in the days you had to hold the tag rope to get a tag. Nowadays, tag teams don't do that. But in all FTR matches, there has to be a tag rope, and that has to be used for uh, teams to tag in and out, which is really good because it implements a really good system. Um, it was a back-and-forth match. It was uh, in-ring chemistry, great in-ring chemistry. I think this is the first time these guys actually fought each other. So the, the fact that they put on such a great match like was was shows that they they worked for it and that chemistry definitely showed um there were some cracks in the beginning with omega and uh page uh you could tell that they, they're still like bickering not bickering but hangman is still going through his obnoxious millennial behavior is what they're calling it and omega's just like over it um but they they quickly got back and kenny hit a flurry you know uh, kenny's good for that uh later on the match Omega hits Hangman with a V-trigger by accident. Uh, that that's what like pretty much deciphered the match. He intention he didn't intentionally do it. Hangman had went for his buckshot lariat. Dash and Omega ducked, so he wouldn't inadvertently hit him. But as he came back, Adam Adam Page held Dash, and Dash ducked and took the V-trigger, and Omega was out. I mean, and um, Adam Page was out. You you seen Omega on the floor, like hitting him, like please, please, please don't be knocked out, please. And and they capitalized off of it. Um, that that played the big part in like the the match. Uh, we seen we uh seen the the that Tully Blanchard is gonna be out there. I guess he's gonna be out there for every FTR match, which is fine. You know, he's managing a lot of guys uh, within Sean Spears and them. So that that's that's pretty much a lot. Um, which is good for the FCR because I feel like they're going in the good, the right direction. You know, when they first came to AEW, they, you could see the ring rust, but I think they're back on track, and that's what I like. I'm glad that I'm glad that they're back on track. Um, we also seen, um, oh, sorry, I, 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 it's like so much to talk about. Um, we also seen FTR do do like their spike pile driver twice on Adam Page to pick up the victory to win the tag team championships. Uh we we seen the play on them with Kenny Omega. He was standing outside the ring, but he I'm sure he was able to get in, but the the whole thing was his knee was hurt because they were attacking his knee during the match and he couldn't make it in time. Uh after the match, you seen Telly Blanchard give FTR beers, raise their hand, they put a beer by Hangman. That's probably the, the ultimate side of disrespect for Hangman, like, hey, you thought we were friends. Now we got your titles. Uh, they left the ring. Omega standing there with a table. Uh, I don't know where he got that table from, but he got it. And he was just standing there. I, I'm like, oh, my gosh, he'll turn. Here it comes. Here's cleaner. And no, nothing. He puts the table down. Hangman, like, tries to go for him. And Omega just moves out the way. And Hangman falls. And Kenny walks out. Um... Kenny Kenny walks backstage. The Bucks are waiting for him. He's walking. He's he's upset. He's angry. He's like, I did everything. Like you see what I've done for him. He walks. He's like, it's time for a clean sweep. And then he's like, you know what? It's time for a clean break. And then 
he walks to the car and he's like are you guys getting in with me speaking to the bucks and the bucks are like you know we could talk about this he's like well if you don't get in with me then we'll have to see what happens so and the bucks didn't get in was that a bucks ultimatum is the elite the elite dead dead is it gone is omega gonna turn his back on all his friends and now be cleaner omega he's teased it so many times i guess we'll just have to wait for uh dynamite to see what happens but i i think we'll get we're getting heel omega soon um the next match uh a, a match that i've been anticipating uh ever since it was announced again it was Orange Cassidy versus Chris Jericho in a Mimosa Mayhem, a match that Jericho created. Uh, he's created some matches so far. The Stadium Stampede was his creation, and it was fantastic. So I'm pretty sure this match would be be good as good. Um, but this is Orange versus Jericho three. Uh, number one, Jericho picked up the victory. Number two, it was Cassidy. This is the tiebreaker. This match ends the rivalry. Uh, I don't think we'll see Orange versus Jericho after this match again. Um, but this this rivalry has been going on for 14 whole weeks. So th- from four to, for four, this is a 14 week buildup. And let me tell you, the story was was fantastic between Orange dropping the juice on the inner circle, uh, the inner circle beating him with oranges, pouring uh, a little bit of the bubbly in his face. I, I think this 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 rivalry brought out a different side of Cassidy. You know, the regular King of Sloth style. He Jericho brought out something in Cassidy that people didn't think he had, but I, he he did it. He brought it, and I'm I've been stoked with the way the storyline these matches have been going. So I was really anticipating this match. Um, so you know, Jericho's in the back before the match, just a little promo. He's saying, you know, I made Orange Cassidy a main eventer. Like I I did this. He's he's here because of me. Now he's a main eventer. Now I can say he's a main eventer. And which is which is true. I feel like I feel like Orange Cassidy was big, but him fighting Jericho was bigger. It was probably the biggest move of his career, and and we can thank Jericho for that. Um, you know, Orange Cassidy came out. Jericho came out to his song Judas. Uh, I, I miss the live crowds. You know, when you hear Jericho's Judas entrance theme, you you just like. I want to sing along, but I also want to hear the crowd. So when when cor- the coronavirus is happening, you're not hearing anybody. You know, you used to hear Sammy Guevara, but that wasn't as you know what you wanted. You want to hear the crowd into it. You love to hear the interaction when Jericho's theme song comes on, and I, I think that's truly what I missed about having live crowds or being in live crowds myself. Uh, I hope uh, wrestling goes back to normal soon, and I can go back. Uh, you know, I have AW tickets that's still on hold until February because of this virus. Uh, so hopefully all those go back to normal. Uh, but back to the match. Um, you know, this wasn't your traditional wrestling match. It wasn't holds. It wasn't collar elbow tie ups. It, it was just a fight. The the match started off with a cold breaker. Jericho hit a cold breaker instantly. I, I thought it was over. I'm not gonna lie to you. I thought that's how they were gonna write it, and I was gonna be so upset. But Cassidy kicked out. Cassidy in this match fought 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 he got hit in the head with a cocktail tray he got put through a table he got everything to him the the his back said it all he had like bruises already um but i think him and jericho put put on a great match uh they it was two for nail they they fought and i i couldn't i couldn't write this story any better um i i couldn't they it was just a super build up 
Jericho, you know, had a flurry. Jericho, you know, had a lot of near falls. But Orange Cassidy would just not give up. Orange Cassidy showed him, like, yeah, I- I'm lazy, but I can fight. I can do this. And and that's what happened. He hit him with the, the orange punch. I thought it was over from there. Um, but it wasn't. Uh, I-, I wouldn't have had pins in that match. Uh, that's just me. I would have just kept it with the mimosa pools. Other than that, um, I don't think I would have put pins or submissions. Because then what's the point of the mimosas? It's just there just for me there. Um, but they utilize the around the mimosa area a lot. So I can't really complain about the usage of it. Um, but... Orange Orange took the victory. Orange gave him two orange punches from the top rope. And Jericho flopped in inside the mimosa. And that ends our rivalry. <clears throat> Jericho put over Orange Cassidy. And, and not a lot of superstars would do that for other superstars. But he put Orange Cassidy over. And I commend Jericho. That's true leadership. That's a veteran right there. He, said, he did his time. And for him to tr- put someone else over who wasn't a main eventer, that that's that's wrestling in its own right, and and that's something that every veteran should look to do is put over guys you know who deserve it or who need that opportunity to be pushed. So kudos to you, Jericho. Um, this rivalry's done. What what's next for Orange Cassidy? What's next for Le Champion? Uh, I I don't know. Do we see Cassidy get a world title shot? Uh, do we see him get a TNT shot? doesn't even have to be the, the world title. It could be the TNT title. But then, do you really want to see him get destroyed by Brody Lee? I don't think I do. What's next for Lake Champion? Do, does he put over more people? Does does he... I don't know what he does from here. I, I truly don't. I can't even like fathom to think what happens next. I don't think he'll go back after the title because Archer is going to go after the title since he won the Battle Royale. Um, I I guess I just have to wait and see what happens, what what the storyline plays out with the inner circle. Um, but overall, that was a, a really good match, great storytelling. Um, it was a great fight, and um, kudos to those two wrestlers. Um, after that match, full gear announced. Uh, we'll see full gear. I think I don't know. I, I I didn't pay attention to the date, but full gear is coming. I think AEW has like five, six pay per views a, a year. I guess. Unlike WWE's 12, maybe 13. Um, the last match, Mox versus MJF. After weeks of intense buildup, we finally see these two clash. Um, MJF went back to his original theme. You know, not the, I'm better than you and you know it. We didn't hear that tonight. We heard his regular old theme. Um, so I don't know if they're going to stick with that, but that's what, what he came out to tonight. Um, something interesting that happened was Moxie was coming out the, the, you know, the back, like he always does, you know, comes out the crowd and Moxie walks and a guy runs into the camera and it instantly gets pulled away. Uh, so I guess it was told that a, a fan had, you know, tried to hug John Moxley, but security was just on top of it. Like he instantly snatched that person. And I think Moxley went to go like walk over, but he was like, mm, nah, I'm gonna just keep going. And uh, Excalibur says, you know, I know he wants to hug his hero, but uh, we got to practice social distancing. So I thought that was pretty funny. A pretty funny take on that situation. It's happened before with Rollins. You know, they used to come out. He used to come out the crowd with the shield all the time. And I think they stopped doing it because they hated, they hated the interaction. Not so much as like upset with it, but getting touched constantly and people pulling on you and hitting you. Like, I think that would get a little annoying after a while. But 
we we seen a great match. John Moxley has been uh, champion for 189 days so far. Um, might be 191 today because you know I'm like two days, a couple days late. Um, but you know we seen we seen uh, some good collarable tie-ups. We seen you know the aggression of Mox. Uh, I feel like Mox's matches are a little slow for me. Uh, it's it's not a problem. I think Mox is not. He's a generally uh, slow fighter. I think he could produce. Mm, I don't know. I don't want to say he could produce fast, like super fast matches, like a Ray Phoenix or a Ricochet or stuff like that. But I, I want to see him like move at a, a faster pace. I know he's a tough guy, you know, dangerous guy. But I feel like the matches could be a little faster. Uh, I kind of lost a little interest at some points because of the slow movements, you know. Um, but it, it was all, all around okay match. Um, MJF is so good as a heel. Like, I can't even see him as a baby face, and I don't ever want to see him as a baby face. I think heel, heel MJF is, is where it's at. Even even with the crowd interaction, he was just flicking them off. And I was like, this is MJF. This is who he is. Um, MJF, uh, I guess, got busted open. Uh, so he had a you know the proverbial crimson mask as Jr. would say, and the whole match. So I guess it was a play on him busting open Moxley. Moxley busted him open. He also did the Moxley also did the same thing he did. He he bit him on that blood and then had blood all over his face. I mean like like there's not a, like a like that's not creepy at all. But I, I guess that's what Moxley is. He's he's the purveyor of violence. He's Mox. Um, we also seen uh, Mox play on a shoulder injury. Uh, I, that was, I guess, the the moment of the match. He was, you know, parading around with his shoulder injury, pretending to pop it back in and do all these things. We all know he's not hurt, but he did a good job at playing it. Um, you know, there was a lot of close calls. MJF hit the put the salt of the earth on him. I thought it was over there uh, because of the the fake shoulder injury, uh, but it wasn't. Moxa uh, got out of that. Uh, towards the end, Wardlow threw that dynamite diamond ring in, but MJF missed it. So. When he missed it, the referee's attention was drawn to Wardlow, who was distracting the ref. MJF was like, where did the ring go? He looked down, seen it, but Mox was already on him. Mox hit the paradigm shift, which was banned, but he hit it with the referee turn. So Mox won using that paradigm shift. So it makes me think that if Mox wasn't able to use that paradigm shift, would he have beaten MJF? I mean, maybe, but... He, he was alluding to using it the whole match. He teased it a couple times. You know, he did a bunch of, like, sleeper holds and a bunch of locks on him. So, like, he was trying to stray away from him, but he kept teasing it. But he ended up hitting it for the win and, and beating MJF. Um, I don't think MJF needs the title right now. I think MJF is hot in his own right. Um, I would want him to go off, like, a TNT title eventually. Maybe when Brody's done. Um... But MJF deserves some type of gold. That 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 guy's an amazing performer. He's amazing on the mic, you know. And I I hope you know what's next for him here is is the is you know past his limit. Um, we've seen Lance Archer in the crowd watching on to see who wins. It's him and Mox once again. Uh, they fought in New Japan for the IWGP uh, United States Championship. Uh, Mox took it from him. He took it from uh, the Murderhawk monster. So, will we see him lose it to the Murderhawk monster? Would, would it be like a cycle? Would it be the opposite? Uh, do I want to see Mox beat Archer? Uh, no. Uh, because I feel like 
Archer's dominant. You know, they portray Archer as this big guy. He comes out, he punches people in the face, and then goes in the ring and does what he got to do. I feel like if you make him lose, since you already made him lose to Cody, you, you lose that aspect of the murder hawk monster. He's just Lance Archer to me. You're losing all these big matches that you're getting, and like, what, what's after that? What happens if he loses? Do you grow up, do you fight Brian Cage? I mean, yeah, that'll be a good match, but what what is it really for? I think Archer needs to win the title, and I would like him to see. I would like to see him win the title, and then we'll see what happens from there. If Mox wants to rematch down the line, that's fine. But I believe the Murderhawk Monster needs this title to keep what he's doing alive because if not the murder hawk monster gimmick would just die for me uh just because he keeps losing the big matches like what's the point of giving him those matches um so i guess we'll just have to wait till dynamite and so i i cover dynamite so you guys could be caught up as well for those who can't watch it um but all around uh all out was a good show um there was a lot of really good matches i'm I'm glad that a lot of the storytelling played into the matches. Um, I'm glad that you know they're still keeping up with these stories. So that that's a plus for me. Um, like I said, my only concern with the show was the beginning match. Uh, hopefully they get to fight again. Uh, this time in a ring. I prefer to see it in the ring. Um, but uh, so I have a podcast coming up. I think I'm going to try to release it on Saturday or Sunday, uh, because uh, A uh, W still on Wednesdays, but NXT moved to Tuesdays, so the the two the Wednesday night wars is over. Uh, I'm gonna give it to A W, um, but now it's Tuesdays NXT, Mondays Raw, Wednesdays A W, also Tuesdays A W Dark, and then Friday is SmackDown. So I have a, I have a lot. So I think I would try to release this the next episode um, on on like Sunday. But uh, thank you guys for listening. This has been Wrestling from the Crowd Podcast. I am Ray, and have a good night. Thanks for listening.